Coming up on today's show, MLW scores a new TV deal. It's the anniversary of Rick Rude's passing. Charlotte Flair suspended. A&E Biography Series gets a scorching review from an unlikely source. This week's NXT and Dynamite matches. New Japan Cup Finals this Friday. Travis attempts Backlash 2002 trivia and more on today's 80th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for April 20th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Belltheim Studios on the beautiful Treasure Coast of the Sunshine State. I'm joined today by the salesman of fun himself with his pinnacle shirt on, Travis Severance. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be back in my regularly scheduled Tuesday slot. I feel nice and comfy and cozy here. The dogs are all aligned with this normal time period, so we're we're back in the saddle again doing what we usually do on Tuesday morning. So glad to be here. And I want to tease it right now, right at the start of the show, that they, people need to stay tuned all the way to the end because Travis is going to debut his new segment, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, at the end. So uh, stay tuned for that. Right, but hanger. I think our lead story this week or today is MLW scoring that major TV deal. They are going to Vice this May, which is – Yeah, that's great. Um that's awesome. I'm excited to see that. And it's still kind of up in the air whether or not this is going to replace the show that they're currently doing with Fusion. So we may see Fusion and we may see this new thing. I know there was some conversation about it possibly being called Rebellion or something like that. So um, I know Court's got an announcement today. So Yeah, Court has another announcement coming tonight on Fusion. Of course, tonight's will be like a taped announcement. Um, and that's most likely going to be the return of live fans, but who knows? I mean, it could be a, a you know to pile on to this news about Vice, but in, no matter how you look at it, Vice has realized that there are ratings in wrestling. They had good ratings with the Dark Side of the Ring series, specifically the Owen Hart and Chris Benoit series. Um, episodes did really, really well, uh, better than any three or four Impact episodes together. Uh, so... <laughs> So and I think Vice is one of those channels too, where I think most major cable companies, you don't have to get any kind of special sports package or something like that to have right. Vice. Um, it's not like the being sports stuff that we've seen and stuff from other companies. So should be a good thing as far as exposure goes and then being able to get some, um, some, some eyeballs on the product with more consistency. Um, I'm interested to see where they decide to put their, Put the show, what the time frame looks like, and where they're going to place it, because um, there's no shortage of wrestling on. Yeah, and Court has said that you know if they get deals with five or six content carriers, their priority will be to create unique content for all those providers. So I know they have deals with the Zone, they have deals uh, obviously with Being Sports and their YouTube show Fusion. Whether this is going to be another place they broadcast Fusion or not, I don't know. Um, if it is that's going to kind of be something weird with the ratings because uh, fusion airing on YouTube, it becomes really fragmented. Yeah. It's kind of the way the impact is now where it's sort of all over the place and stuff like that. Well, we'll get to it a little bit later, but court has no shortage of talent available to him to fill up another show if he needs. So, right. Right. James Gage says, Hey, we say, Hey back. Welcome. 
Enjoy the show. Hey, hey, hop, hop. <laughs> Ms. Morrison. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that. And, you know, as long as we're talking about ratings, why don't I bring up the ratings for last week? We can talk about that now. Sure. Because we may have, be adding a time uh, a line here for um, for MLW if uh, if this becomes a competitive show on Vice. So here you see last week's April 12th through April 16th. Raw did over 2 million viewers. So we talked about that last week. That was a big up for them. We'll see how they do last night. Uh, NXT 805 also up. Dynamite way up 1.2 million viewers. Impact at 132 was down. SmackDown at 1.997 also down. So that's the ratings review from last week. Yeah, it's interesting that that um, Dynamite number was almost double what they did the week before. Um, yes. You know, NXT got a little bit of a bump. I think all of us expected Raw to get a bump. I mean, it's coming off of WrestleMania. Um, I'll be curious to see what this week's raw drew because i think there was a lot of conversation about the raw mania not feeling quite as special as it used to um so i'm wondering if that kind of hampers a little bit of what we see for the uh, ratings as far as last night's show goes so it'll be interested to keep an eye on that and yeah i mean i'm really interested to see what this mlw show looks like the format how long they decide to to go whether it's a one-hour show a two-hour show or three-hour show um and 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 yeah maybe it'll push impact numbers right away it's it's a very different presentation what he does than than what impact does and he tends to focus on half a dozen competitors to really build the show around so we'll see you know it's interesting like there's little things that mlw do does to kind of set their brand aside like they don't have matches they have fights yep that's how they market them mm-hmm. they have and they have fighters if you go to their website they don't have a roster they have fighters so there's just little things like that to present like a little bit more realism to it they don't have extended long promos court has said in the past that what he does is he focuses on each person's strength and and just you know kind of builds around that as opposed to trying to build out the complete person um you know everybody has weaknesses and some of them are very glaring so he focuses in certain areas so yeah but again those those ratings from last week i think they'll be really interested in the smackdown rating you can't see but it's it's there just below too but It'll be interesting over time to see how they uh, mature, right? Is that dynamite number going to stay there? Is it going to grow? Is it going to drop? Same thing with NXT now that they're all unopposed. It's a really interesting story. That's why I'm, I'm going to start watching that very closely. Yeah, it's curious with dynamite too. Other than Mike Tyson, not any huge, real, massive announcements or anything that would have drawn that many additional viewers in. Um, so yeah, it. it we'll see what that number becomes and we'll see if NXT grows. I mean, maybe people turned on NXT on Wednesday, didn't see it was there, didn't realize that it moved to Tuesday. And that was kind of that. If you had some casual viewers and stuff like that, and who knows, maybe Tuesday's just not as good of a TV night, I guess, as Wednesday. I don't know. I tend to sit around on Tuesday and don't have a whole lot going on. So Tuesday typically works out better for me than Wednesday, but I mean, Dynamite's must watch for me. So. And I, you know, it's not completely unopposed. There is AEW Dark going on, but um, that's more. It's more or less unopposed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so transitioning into this day in history, um, nineteen ninety nine, Rick Reed passed away at the age of forty. Yeah. And it's been twenty two years since that happened. So it make us all feel pretty old. Um, yeah, Rude. Rude's a really interesting character. Um, 
there's a lot of different things that he had kind of going on in his career. Bret Hart credits him and Kurt Henning as being some of the the best technical wrestlers that that he's ever faced. He he also holds a, a really weird um, marquee in that he appeared on both Raw and SmackDown or both Raw and Nitro in the same night in November 17th of 97. Um, he was really furious and upset about the Montreal screw job and he was loud and vocal about it and was in the locker room when it happened. And um, he called Bischoff the next day and said, listen, I need to make a change. Um, actually that week he was on ECW as well in the, in the, yeah. in the on the weekend. So, um, and he had this really weird, uh, a handful of wrestlers had this Lloyd's of London contract insurance policy that said if they got hurt during wrestling, there was a big payout. But the, if you took the payout, you had to be off of wrestling for a long period of time, which for him ended up being about three years. Um, so he didn't do any wrestling and he was kind of back and forth between WCW and stuff like that. But yeah, 40 years is pretty young. What's interesting about the Lloyds of London, they insure all these crazy weird things, vocal cords and different things like that. And um, one of the people that they actually insured during their time in when they had the franchise tag was actually Pat McAfee's leg was insured by Lords of London. <laughs> oh, so funny. if you take a look, um, he had a contract and actually talked about it a little bit on his podcast that how that worked. And he, I guess he didn't feel for the cost that he paid. It was worth his, his investment on that. But yeah, there's, a, if you take a look at Lords of London, there's historically some really crazy stuff that they've insured. That's funny. Um, also two years prior to that, there was a WWF in your house pay-per-view subtitled Revenge of the Taker. And that was in your backyard at the Rochester Community War Memorial Arena. Uh, 6,477 fans. How close is that to uh, capacity, Travis? Mm, I think that's that's about half, yeah. Okay. Um, it's the Blue Cross Arena now, home of the Rochester Amherst. And, um, you know, we've, we've still got tickets, that front row tickets that are just waiting for them to return their AEW yeah. Dynamite show. So okay. we'll be excited to, you'll get to take a look at the venue. I, I like the venue. I think it's fine. It's right kind of in the middle of downtown and stuff. Um, I didn't look at that card. I'm sure Mick Foley won. He was the champion of In Your House. Well, Undertaker defeated Mankind in a championship. Oh, and one Steve of the rare Austin. losses. Now, this doesn't count towards your trivia today. So don't Okay, don't good, good, good. Uh, Undertaker defeated Mankind in WF championship match. Uh, and then it was main evented by a number one contenders match between Steve Austin and Bret Hart that Austin won by DQ. So interesting stuff. That was obviously the hotter feud. So. Sure, sure. Uh, all right, let's get into news proper. Um, yep. And because uh, we have a lot to talk about yet, it's still on the show. Today's news is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. We're over 4,100 subscribers to this newsletter. Each and every week you get a, a drop in your inbox of all the week's news top stories in one spot that you can read through. I also have some long-form columns and stuff that I put in there. And last week was the 50th issue, so uh, looking forward to making some changes and maybe tweaking with the frequency some. So uh, do subscribe now at bodyslambrigade.com. So, Travis, we did the lead story already, but um, news out of Raw last night. I really get aggravated when something advertised doesn't come through. And they advertised for days, not just like 
that afternoon. It was days they advertised Braun Strowman versus Randy Orton. Now, frankly, I didn't notice at the end of the show that the match didn't happen, but it didn't happen. We did not get Braun Strowman versus Randy Orton on the show last night. We sure it's didn't. Instead, we got we get the classic raw Randy Orton finish of being rolled up by Riddle. So maybe this is him trying to pay off what he said on the Broken Skull things about you know, lifting up the younger wrestlers and putting a spotlight in there. Um, and we got to see Braun Strowman in curious action as well. Um, yeah, so the other news in, in the show last night actually kind of surrounded those people, right? Yeah. So Matt Riddle got that clean win over Randy Orton. And then Braun Strowman did, like, weirdly came to the rescue of Drew McIntyre in his handicap match against uh, Mason T-Bar. So they ended up having a tag match, in which case the masks were removed. And, oh, my God, Mace is Dio Madden and T-Bar is Dominic Dijakovic. Nobody saw that coming at all. Spoilers. Um, I know. I know. I actually have seen a few people like, what? <laughs> it's them? Um, but um, I think most people plug Yeah, and on the, show, on the show, they didn't reference them as anything other than Mace and T-Bar. So maybe those poor guys are going to get saddled with those um, – in-ring names for the rest of their career there at WWE. Um, I don't know. I hope they get some sort of a retribution transformation thing that occurs where the two of them get. I think they'll end up keeping the name and then they'll end up, but they'll slowly move away from what they looked like as members of retribution. Yeah, I think, I think the two of them are big guy tag teams. I'm not sure what they bring to the table themselves as a tag team. That would be, extremely different than what maybe Ascension brought as a tag team. They're similar size, similar build, similar work rate, you know, that kind of thing. But I guess time will tell. Yeah. Just a. I'd like to compare them to Brody Lee and and Rowan. Sure. Okay. That's, that's more fair. The bludgeon brothers. Yeah. They're, they're sized more appropriately and can probably work a little bit better than that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know them as either one of them as, as great promos, but yeah, that kind of follows suit more for sure. Um, But yeah, a real, I'm not sure why Braun came down to rescue Drew against Retribution. Like, there's no feud there or Hurt Business feud that I know of or anything like that. But I guess they just needed to kind of start something. So there they have it. And then the other, the only other piece of news on here is that uh, Rhea Ripley interfered in Charlotte versus Asuka, cost Charlotte the match, really. And then Charlotte went absolutely crazy. She beat up the referee. Um, like viciously beat up the referee. And then afterwards, uh, WWE announced on their website that Charlotte was fined and suspended, suspended indefinitely. So I think that makes it look like she's maybe out of the next pay-per-view. Um, so they brought her back. The new Charlotte is now uh, going to be sitting on the sidelines with the old Charlotte. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yep. There, she's sitting on the sideline with old Charlotte and good Charlotte. I mean, the other two things yeah. that I thought were – um, newsworthy, at least for me, is the the lack of talent. Uh, not a we didn't see a peep or a picture or anything. No Bobby Lashley, your Almighty yeah. Champion, not there. We had Drew McIntyre out again running the show, the face that runs the place. Um, and speaking of the face that runs the place, no AJ Styles and no almost for two weeks in a row. I saw some grumblings that there were some COVID issues post WrestleMania with some talent and stuff like that. So I'm going to assume based on the fact that you don't have your two tag team champions and some of the tag team matches that we got to see the last two weeks, that that must have been either AJ or almost, or maybe the two of them 
with those issues because two weeks in a row without your tag team champs seems a little curious and how you have an entire three hour block of raw without Bobby Lashley's face or anything is just amazing to me how much they covered previous champions. So I, I don't know. I don't well, he's a heel champion too, right? Sure. Will, you know, I mean, of course, Roman's on every SmackDown, but without a doubt, um, but Drew as a face champion, yes, he always started the show. He usually ended the show, mm-hmm. um, but Lashley's going to be a different champion, I think. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully he's right back next week or maybe he has COVID. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So then next also uh, on the subject of retribution, it sounds like from the internet that slapjack and reckoning are moving to SmackDown. That's uh Shane Thorne and Mia Yim. It's not been confirmed by WWE nor is it on their website, but it looks like that's the case. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Like, I'm not sure how familiar everybody is with regard to the TV deals and the way that stuff sort of works now that we've got a Fox situation and a USA situation, but the talent that are on the shows are essentially that network's assets in those situations. So when one talent moves from one to the other, there's a whole bunch of stuff that sort of has to happen behind the scenes to make that happen and work. So USA must not have felt too strongly about Mia Yim and Scott Thorne where they could say, you know what, head on over to Fox and do your thing over there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they would. <laughs> yeah, <You> know, they, <laughs> they haven't really seen them on air all that much, or yeah. been impactful. You know, if in it any was way. Drew, if it was Drew, if 100%. it was Ron, if it was Roman yep. Reigns, we're talking about that's a different story. Yep, without a doubt. Um, so you mentioned in the cold open about the scorching review on uh, the the A and E bio series. It was NBC News that wrote the scorching review of the biography series. And it's so weird because NBC has literally $2 billion worth of contracts with WWE. So it's weird that their news line would put out this scorching review of WWE. And I'm going to tell you, it's not WWE necessarily the content. It was scorching on WWE. Yeah, 100%. It, it is baffling to me to have your news media outlet that you're affiliated with another program and programming with that much money on the line to be the one to just slice and dice your biography series. So just a very weird look like. And and I guess in the, in the, in the world of like news, yes, you have to cover the news, whether it puts, you know, your, if you're a new reputable news outlet, you got to cover the news. But this is something that they didn't have to cover. I mean, it well, wasn't really news. Nobody um, was calling for it, right? You know, right. it just feels like a little bit of a hit piece. And who knows? I mean, there's obviously some, there's definitely yeah. some heat for the McMahons in general based on some of their political supports and affiliations there and stuff like that. So, you know, somebody just decided to slip something through and maybe didn't see it. But from a business relationship standpoint, it's a real head scratcher. Yeah, here's just one, here's one line from it. And this is more about the, series itself than the company but despite award-winning producers and directors each profile feels like a more sophisticated version of WWE's own bio packages each follows a similar narrative an oddball follows a passion gets well beaten and poorly paid finally makes money is consumed by the life overcomes trauma and then his body commences a total orthopedic collapse that is the summary of each and every episode that they've uh, <laughs> they've watched i guess so i mean that that may be accurate yeah. But not necessarily the thing you'd want from your your sister company, kind of throwing it out there, 
right? Like they did go on to say that there are some some spots of you know light, like Booker T. You know, he's you know done very well afterwards, and even Mick Foley with some of the charity work that he's done post career and stuff. But it was yeah, just a bit of a head scratcher for me. But mm-hmm. anyway, John Cena's peacemaker character from Suicide Squad is getting a Hallmark ornament. Did you ever think we'd talk about Hallmark ornaments on the Daily Wrestling News? Hallmark ornament with John Cena as the Peacemaker Suicide Squad character? Never in a million years. (laughs) Never in a million years. Yeah. So Gerald Briscoe had knee surgery, so best wishes to him because he's in the replacement. Um, Travis, one of the the big show that we went, or set of shows that we went to over the WrestleMania weekend, GCW, they have a show coming up on May 1st called Ashes to Ashes. Main event's going to be Joey Janela versus Lee Moriarty. I think there's a Mother May I show from that group of collective shows maybe. as well that's coming out. That Mother, might be the ICW one, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple of shows on May 1st. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, Chelsea Green filed to trademark her name. What's interesting here is WWE has also got a pending um, application to trademark her name. So. Uh, I guess we'll just see. I think the trademark office will look and see who had first use and go with that, which will clearly be Chelsea Green. So. Well, yeah, she'll have it since birth. Yeah. So that's well, a hard one to. Yeah. But who knows? You know, we had Cody running around for a long time without that Rhodes moniker at the end of it. But. Well, granted, Rhodes is a ring name, not a. Sure. So. Sure. But. And then we have the New Japan Cup finals are set for this Friday. Here's the tournament brackets, how they turned out. Brody King versus Tom Lawler in the finals. Uh, Travis, if you had to make a guess, going Brody King or Tom Lawler? Gosh, it is. So it's a really weird space because when I, and I think both when you and I talked about it, we're like, okay, well, what do they want to platform? Who do they want to build off of? Who's going to be their champion? So on and so forth. And we looked at Tom and we looked at, you know, all of his affiliations with MLW and so on and so forth and thought, well, you know what? who knows what's going on with Brody's contract with, with ring of honor and stuff like that. Well, just last night I see that Brody's with Chris Dickinson in homicide going after the three man, the six man tag belts with a brand new faction over at ROH. So yeah. now I'm like, I, know. I guess maybe we're back to a coin toss because you bring in Dickinson and you bring in homicide for that. Like who knows? I mean, homicide hasn't been on the scene really for, for quite a while for a number of different reasons, but he's really well-loved and well-respected by plenty of workers that work hard and stiff. Um, so it was, I thought it was a deadlock, Brody King. Okay. We're going to have this big giant guy who like, you know, big giant American guys are like the, the, the new Japan fan loves to hate. So we, we make for great heels and like, that would have been a great story. And obviously Tom's not going to be a face here either. So either way you're going to have, you know, a heel champion to kind of chase after. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think the obvious pick is probably Brody King. He's big and dominant and stuff like that. But Tom Lawler's kind of been the leader of the faction sort of that they've made a little bit too. So a case could certainly be made for the two of them. I I think Brody King's the way I'm going to go. But, you know, they're both, you know, West Coast guys. Mm -hmm. And that's where the show is being. um, Yeah, it's an LA show. Everything. So they have a lot in common in that regard. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Hard to say. Um, there was another match announced: uh, Wheeler Yuta versus Rocky Romero. Wheeler Yuta was in the uh, Pure Tournament for ROH, so 
he's somebody that it'll be a good match. So people should check that out. Yeah. And the other one, I think the opener too was Kratos back with Dickinson again, too, against Clark Connors, maybe in maybe Ren Narita, um, which should be a decent match as well. Kratos yeah. was just on NWA Power, I think. Yeah. Last week. He's a so. NWA tag team champion with, uh, oh, what's his name? Aaron Stevens. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, okay, then we have tonight, NXT. Uh, NXT is on tonight. We have one match, Dexter Loomis versus LA Knight. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's going to – I think I'll pick Dexter Loomis because he seems to be on fire. But LA Knight's brand new, and he's already got one loss in, against Bronson Reed. So, I don't know. I'm going to give him some credit that they took that match and the Sari match or the the, yeah. the introduction of her and they made it into a promo spot in the middle of Raw to make a commercial yeah. for reasons why you should tune in. But it that doesn't I don't know. I feel like usually NXT has a lot more matches announced than something like that. So who knows? I hope it's not going to be a dog show because of that. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm not sure why they wouldn't announce more than a single match well, and stuff like that. If you had ratings that were not yeah, probably in, the bump you were hoping for. In fairness they probably will announce a few matches shortly after we go off the air. Sure. They always do. Yep. <laughs> uh, Kyle O'Reilly will also be on the show today, the first time since their unsanctioned match as they deliver. So, But Dynamite this week, we have two title matches. Tay Conti versus Karashita for the Women's Championship and Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship, along with four other matches. So uh, let's start breaking this down a bit, I guess. Let's start sure. with Conti and Sheeta. So Conti's really interesting. She's gotten a really big push lately. Um, she's kind of come to her own. Her wrestling's gotten a hell of a lot better. Um, she's been really impressive in the ring. She's got the DDT that they've given her. She's got wins over Nyla Rose and a couple of other champions. I mean, uh, normally I would go into this match and say there's a 0% chance. I'd give her about a 20% chance of winning here. I think you know both you and I kind of talked about it before. Uh, the show started. Sheeta losing the belt is going to probably happen at a pay-per-view. She's had it for about 15 years at this point. So yeah. um, it's going to be something you're going to pay some money to see her lose. And I mean, I think both you and I are in agreement that we really, really, really hope it's Britt Baker that takes that belt. It seems that way. Uh, Britt Baker is counting the wins and losses and keeping the ranking system honest. So uh, so we'll, we'll see. She's building her case, I think, for her match at double or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, and then Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship. This is face versus face. Uh, Jungle Boy often a tag team guy, but they they bring him out to do really like important singles matches. And there's a lot of momentum around him. These are the two guys, if any, that they've really built as part of uh, AEW. Jungle Boy could win. Could walk away with a win here. I wouldn't be I think, totally shocked. I think it's. I would say that it's 50-50 or even better in Jungle Boy's favor, just for exactly what you said. Um, I think that because it's a TNT title, having it change on TV is probably important for that title and for that brand in general. Um, I would agree. I would say that the three young talents that AEW's kind of put the most energy into are probably, and they've all had good matches against each other. It's Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, and MJF. Um, And Jungle Boy could take this in like a cleanish finish with no nonsense and stuff like that. So um, I'm not sure where Darby would go from that. I, I think he'd still, he's still got some business left to do with the, you know, Matt Hardy and the rest of his 
faction. Um, but I could I could see Jungle Boy winning this match for sure. Yeah, and Sammy Guevara is the other person in that. Oh yeah, that's area. right. Sammy you know? Sammy would be the fourth young youngish talent that's not attached to a tag team because they've got a billion tag teams that are yeah. newer newer characters that people are not familiar with wrestling or familiar with this product would not recognize that are in the mix for sure. Yeah. So I think that I'm looking forward to that match. I, I think it'll be a lot different than the Matt Hardy match. So it'll be sure. fun. Jim Ross is sitting down with the pinnacle. Um, so that should be fun for everybody except Jim Ross. Yeah. I'm assuming we're going to see the black stage the way that we kind of have with Jim before in the past kind of shot like that, you know, the ESPN bio area yeah. where he's had people back to the side. So it'll be interesting how it goes because we've seen kind of all sorts of different things with that interview style. And unlike Tony Schiavone's attempts at interviewing, like we should, it should be pretty clean unless somebody dumps water over the other one and walks out or whatever. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think they're always trying to recapture that Mick Foley, Jim Ross magic that put Mick Foley on the map, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, you may catch it. These are not faces, though. I'm pretty sure somebody, you know, MJF is going to have a few fat jokes for Jim Ross and things like that. So, well, it'll be interesting, right? Because this is going to be pre-taped and filmed, and it's not going to be live, so it'll be as clean as they want it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, okay, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. I think obvious Christian's probably going to get the win here, but a fun match, I think, because it's a completely different opponent than Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, it could be, or we, and we could probably see a DQ here. It's interesting. Like, I like the fact that Christian's, you know, working with Hobbs. I think Hobbs could use that in ring stuff. It'll be interesting to see Christian work a bigger a bigger opponent um, than somebody that's a lot more green. Yeah, and I don't know. I felt like he handled the bumps outside of the ring by Hobbs last week pretty well. Um, so if he's moving into something with team Taz here, kind of on his way to try to get up to the point where he's doing a Kenny thing. We'll see. It, it could be, it could be Christian with a DQ win here. Um, I, I don't know. Be surprised DQs that. are really, really rare. I know it doesn't happen all that much or a ref stoppage or something like that, or who knows, like it could just be bedlam from the back. Um, but Christian doesn't really have any friends yet. So, you know, if it's just the, you know, the strength and numbers kind of thing, I don't right. like his chances here. I do like this Ricky Starks versus Hangman Page oh match. God. Now, Page, I don't think is going to lose any matches until he gets a title match with Kenny. So I think he's going to win here, but this should be a good showcase for Ricky as well. I think this yeah. is a good match. This Ricky could go on last if it wasn't for that title match, I think. Yeah, we got two titles here. I think they're probably going to lead with the title. I don't know. It's tough to call what they're going to lead with. They always lead with something hot. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Christian Hobbs as yeah. the lead because Christian's a big name and they want to put asses in the seat and keep viewers there and new viewers that are kind of tuning into the product or are going to be familiar with Christian and go, Oh, that's Christian. Um, yeah. Ricky, more Ricky Starks, more Ricky Starks on the mic, more Ricky Starks in the ring. Um, I, 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 this is going to be a fantastic match if it goes any length of time, which I assume it will. And yeah, I would assume that this is probably a hangman win as well. Uh, Trent versus Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, it should be a good match. What I think this is, is every once in a while, every six months or so, they remind us how good Trent is. Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably that opportunity. Plus, he's he's fresh back from his injury. So I think that's what that's about. Yeah, this should be should be another another good match as well. Um, and Penta obviously can work his butt off. And, 
it's weird now. He's not really part of the tag side of the death triangle anymore. And yeah, Trent, Trent needs to get in there and kind of prove some stuff. So who knows? Maybe this could be, this could be death triangle, best friends, three-way match set up and stuff. And I think that'd be a great match too. Mm-hmm. Um, death, tri- death triangle needs to grab, uh, you know, a woman's wrestler so that we can do a four V four. Yeah, Statlander being part of the team. So I mean, that was the angle that they set up on on Dynamite last week or the week before. I think it was last week where Cassidy and the best friends came out to say we haven't forgotten about Revolution from 2020. Um, they're the only ones who hadn't. <laughs> AW <laughs> has long memories. Uh, they use all every part of the Buffalo. So yeah, yeah. those hearkening back to using those storylines and making sure that it's paid off. You're going to be hard pressed to go back and look at this the way that you would some other thought shows to go. Wow, they didn't pay off that one time that that guy gave the guy a side eye because they pay it all off eventually. <laughs> uh, QT Marshall versus Billy Gunn was added recently. Now, uh, this is an angle. Uh, obviously, this is stemming off of the factory and nightmare family stuff. But there was an angle on last night's Dark Elevation. Colt, uh, Austin Gunn got a singles win over Aaron Solo. Then there was a backstage interview. Ended up with QT and Billy there. QT punched Billy right in the nose, like a like it didn't look like a work punch at all. Just punched him right in the nose, and uh, so that leads to this match tonight. Yeah, I have to imagine that. QT Brutus Marshall will be going over on Billy Gunn here. Um, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. The feud's not about Old Man Gunn or QT Marshall. No. The feud is about the people on the underside. And it's about your go-go's and your solos and mm-hmm. those guys. And then your Austin Gunn and your Colton Gunn. So these guys are just kind of like fanning the flames so that they mm-hmm. can have a big, big feud, I think. so. Absolutely. So this is one where maybe it could go either way and it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. I would agree with that. All right. I think that gets us through and we're on to trivia. Your favorite part, right? I'm the best at it. (laughs) Well, here we go. We're going to bring trivia today by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. Pro Wrestling Pick'em is a place where you can create or join a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, You can go sign up now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com. It's a brand new season of WrestleMania to WrestleMania. It's a great time to jump in. Uh, Join the Essential Wrestling Podcast League. Create a league of your own. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, and it's fun to do with your friends. So, Travis, you and I are in a bunch. I'm going to defeat you soundly this year, so probably uh, no questions. Mm -hmm. All right, Backlash 2003, you get five questions. The simple majority correct gets you the win. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. If you lose, you get a Hawkins. Backlash 2003 took place one month after WrestleMania 19. That would have been The Rock versus Steve Austin in Steve Austin's final match. So with the A&E biography and everything, this is a timely uh, discussion. But we're not going to start with any Steve Austin uh, questions. We're going to talk about Sean O'Hare. He defeated Rick. Kishi on the undercard of this uh, this event. What WWE legend managed O'Hare? Your choices are Jimmy Hart, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, or Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Hart, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, or Jimmy Snuka. Roddy Piper. It was Roddy Piper. Yes. All right. I like Sean. I like Sean O'Hare a lot. Actually, his death was a tragedy, and I didn't think that he got the credit that he should have. He was interesting. Question two, 
how often are you one for one? That's great. <laughs> so, most most of the time, I'm one for one. Okay. It all Trish Stratus lost uh, the women's championship to this woman. Your choices are Lita, Jazz, Ivory, or Sable. gonna say ivory it was jazz also timely since she just gave her retirement i didn't know if you were gonna go back to that and i almost went with that answer it's it's funny too because uh you know jazz has is going to handpick jordan grace's partner for rebellion as, as she faces fire and flavor could be ivory the or trish stratus that's a, you know who knows i i find it hard to believe it'd be trish but you know we'll who knows? see Big Show defeated Rey Mysterio on this card. Uh, Mysterio was to be carried out on a stretcher. What did Big Show do next? And your choices are push the stretcher off the stage. Nothing. He swung the stretcher like a baseball bat into the side of the ring. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) So so good. So you're two for three. Mm -hmm. The main event was a singles match between Goldberg and The Rock. Name the finish. The Rock wins with the people's elbow. The Rock wins with the rock bottom. Goldberg wins with a jackhammer and a spear. Or Goldberg wins by disqualification. Oh, the Rock wins with the rock bottom. No. Goldberg wins with a jackhammer and a spear. Of course. So that puts you at two for four. It's a must-win situation here. Brock Lesnar... Brock Lesnar successfully defended the WWE Championship on the undercard against what WWE superstar your choices are? Triple H, John Cena, Booker T, or Chris Jericho? John Cena. It was John Cena, three for five. Yeah, because he came out and was the big surprise for the WrestleMania Raw. There you and, go. And F5'd him. Uh, so let's take a look at the scoreboard. Oh. We have to. Not bad, though, Travis. <laughs> so what happened here was Not that bad. you went three for five last week, uh, but, but in our WrestleMania three episode, I forgot to come up with questions. So I only had one question. Well, and so you go. got it right. It was a fabulous Mula as the queen of uh, queen of pro wrestling at the time. So now you're going to be seven for 11. So you're not, I mean, you're in the hunt there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actively. So you're good. Um, it looks like you'll end up with less questions than everybody else. But we'll see. We'll see. So there we go. So as mentioned, we have a new segment coming up in a few seconds. So don't tune out as I tell you about the Bell Time Club t-shirt. 22 bucks. It's a great shirt, great design. You'll love it. We love it. Travis has one that's sitting in my, uh, in my room here. I have to ship it to him. Um, check it out. Uh, bodyslamclothes.com will get you there to the link where you can see all the shirts. If you use the promo code SHIRTS10, I'll give you 10% off any two shirts. So go and purchase that now. And then join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights as they take you through the world of sports on the primetime rundown. Again, the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And then this week, it's a very special 50th episode of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Al Carl, unfortunately, will not be there. I will be hosting. Uh, Travis is going to be there. John DeCani is going to be there. John Smith and Gary Mahaffey. We're all there for a week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling on the Eastern Observer tonight at 6 p.m. Against the 50th episode. 
So do tune in. And then the Daily Wrestling News Show, we're here Monday through Thursday most weeks, but this week we're here Monday through Friday wow. at 10 a.m. On Friday, we'll have an interview with Chris Farrow. Chris Farrow is the first cruiserweight champion at Coastal Championship Wrestling down here in Florida. So uh, do tune in on every day, but do tune in on Friday for that interview. Should be very, very good. Okay, Travis, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Where do you want to start? We're going to start with the good. Um, and last night when we were having some conversations about this segment, I don't have any graphics or any fancy music yet. Not yet. But every week we're going to have good, bad, ugly. And it's going to be a variety of things that probably happened over the week. Um, and Ryan said that he felt that bad and ugly was too negative. So we're going to start with that. We're going to start with two goods. So my first good, we kind of blew in the opener, which was it was nice to see that there were more eyeballs in general at wrestling last week um, with the schedule changes and stuff like that. Coming off of WrestleMania, I think predictably so there was going to be some more people viewing. But I mean, the AEW bump was pretty incredible. The bump for the bump for NXT was really nice. Hopefully they keep that up. Um, I love that brand. I, I, I enjoy the performers on there. Um it was a bit curious to see SmackDown go down after WrestleMania. Um, I'm not sure if there was some, I, I wasn't paying attention because I was watching that. Maybe there was some major sports thing that was going on on, on Friday night. Um, I, I don't know why that was because I didn't feel like the, the SmackDown WrestleMania part was any less interesting yeah. than what happened on, on raw, but who knows? Maybe people didn't love Bianca Belair as the, as the, champion and maybe they didn't love the roman retention and i i don't think they teased or talked about edge being on the show and he wasn't on the show so who knows um my other good is going to be from that show actually and some people missed out on it i i thought pat mcafee did a fantastic job yeah, um, he did. and i was i was certainly critical of him coming in um but as a mark myself it was really nice to see somebody in that commentary position that knew the product was was familiar with the wrestlers, knew the storylines, obviously paid attention. He was exciting, energetic, enthusiastic. Um, I mean, I they showed that, stood up. the shot of him standing up, as stupid and simple as that sounded and looked on, I'm like, the guy's actually into it. He's engaged with what's going on in the ring. And man, sometimes they can feel really plastic, which is going to bring me into the bad. And I've had two weeks now of, of, of Adnan Vic. He's sure. just not doing it for me. Um, And in fact, it's just the opposite of Pat McAfee. It feels like this is a guy that doesn't know the product. I mean, Corey Graves tried to bail him out a couple of times last night. I mean, he got the name wrong on the performers a couple of times. Didn't call the moves. Just a guy that seems like they put in there because they felt like they needed a third guy in that booth for whatever reason. I mean, Byron's not the most exciting and entertaining person for me. Um, Graves is fine, but I think Graves needs a strong personality on the other side to kind of balance him out. Adnan Vic is not that person. Um, I I don't believe that his tenure is going to be that long. And the ugly for me on a personal level would have been McMahon 415, which reads, I just fired your ass. So two years in a row now on April 15th, the WWE has released a whole boatload of talent um, from contracts and stuff. So there must be some kind of a corporate thing that triggers the 15th was when we do our budgets or whatever it is. Um, a whole lot of talent out there without work. Um, I mean, you've got Samoa Joe and Chelsea green and, um, 
I mean, Billy yeah. Kay, who was on WrestleMania, um, and the list goes on and on. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, you know, Court's got another show firing up, and I'm, I'm sure we'll see some of these people that'll land in all the places that, you know, you and I end up talking about every week because we yeah, cover the smaller shows. MLW, Impact, you know, all these places are higher. Well, I can't say they're hiring. What do I know? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, all these places, um, you know, an annual injection of talent with people that have – you know, name value. They've recently been on WWE. As the indies fire up too, these guys, this will be when their name is worth the most. So um, I'm interested to see what story they can write now outside of WWE. Yeah, I think, and I think too, with the world being closer to being turned back on, this batch of talent is a much better position to work indie shows 100%. than the previous talent, you know? Um so it, it, Callisto was another name that's interesting. I don't know. As far as where they would sort out and where they would go, it's, you know, we could make some predictions. You had talked about Tucker going to New Japan, possibly. I think that's a really interesting place for him to land. Um, as far as like AEW and stuff like that goes, Chelsea Green's interesting, but it's hard for me to not say that she would go back to Impact where she was successful before. Um, and Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona's yeah. there. Um, you know, uh, Chelsea's really close with Deanna and with Brett. So. Yeah, that's that's the other side of it too, you know. And and who knows with the talent share now, maybe she ends up yeah. best of both worlds. She ends up with Impact and she does some AEW stuff with Brit or without Brit and stuff. I mean, Samoa Joe is really really compelling. Um, you know, for me in my my dream book scenario, you know, there's a lot of chatter about CM Punk talking about he would be happy to come back, but there's got to be the right opponent and there's got to be the right story. Well, there's a super interesting story that could be written if if Joe showed up somewhere and CM Punk kind of came out and Joe was talking some trash. And, and CM Punk has talked about wanting to wrestle Kenny Omega. So, man, what a hell of a three-way match. If Joe's physically not able to perform, which is what I'm going to assume if WWE's decided that they're going to let him go, their evaluations say that he can't go anymore, whatever that means. And they said the same about Daniel Bryan and Christian and Edge. Um, so... I think he's probably the most interesting high value name out there, but Callisto is a really good worker. So yeah. love to see him somewhere. So hopefully everybody there, you know, all that talent gets a chance to go out and continue to work if they want to and in, in wrestling and um, we'll see how they land. So that's, that's my ugly for the week. Yeah. Mickey James is somebody we didn't mention too. And of course she's connected with NWA with Nick and stuff and has had an impact run in the past. It would be interesting with this whole forbidden door uh, being busted open. If like Impact and AEW got together and said, you know what, why don't we split Samoa Joe's contract? Sure. You pay 50%, I pay 50%. They could do that with any number of talents. It might, it'd be really interesting so that they don't all have to like, you know, eat the total cost or whatever. But yeah. And actually, that speaking of Impact, that was something that we really didn't cover all that much in the show. I'm sure we'll get into it with EWP, but it's super interesting to me that they've got Morrow coming in to commentate a match and they're bringing Aubrey in to ref the match too. So, you know, they're putting a lot of stock into that one match. So something interesting is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to see a double champion at the end and that's the interesting thing. And whether it's, you know, I think the, the, the safe money is on Kenny Omega, but perhaps the more interesting story is Rich Swan. You know, I mean, I would be, it would shock the world if it was Rich Swan. It would not shock the world if it was Kenny Omega. We right? got to see a lot of Rich Swan WrestleMania weekend. So yes. Rich is a good yeah. dude. Yeah. Real good dude. Yeah, somebody was chanting fake Kofi at him 
for a whole match or, you know, knock off Kofi or something like that. And Rich Swan got right in that fan's face after the match and gave him a hug. Mm-hmm. Rich, yeah, just a super classy guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely different than the way that Chris Dickinson handled the fan giving him jabs about not being pushed through for the New Japan Strong Cup. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris handled that the other way. He said, bring it into the ring. I will take care of it here. And then promptly lost after getting smashed through a table. So it appears Rich has really grown since his WWE days. Obviously, he was removed for... Uh, domestic abuse or whatever there, but great, great. Uh, it appears to be doing very well, and Impact put trust in him, and maybe AEW will too. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, anything else, Travis? Nope. I gotta, I gotta make sure I freshen up these notes a little bit for my EWP appearance tonight. Um, I get to be, you know, sort of tagged into your slot because Iceman Al Carl's on assignment again. So that'll be building interesting. Ice castles. Building, building ice, ice castles. Yep. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it's it, Tuesday and Wednesdays are big wrestling days for me. So I got to catch up on my NXT stuff and I got to take a look at AEW on Wednesday. So it should be a, another good week of wrestling and impact should be, should be really good as well. So. It's their go home for rebellion this week. So mm-hmm. uh, they only do four pay-per-views a year. This is going to be one of them. And then they've got a big, big main event. So we'll see what happens. All right. For Travis, I'm Ryan. We'll catch you tomorrow with John Smith.